our great God and Heavenly Father. We look to you this morning with thanksgiving for the plans that you have made for each of us. We don't come because we're worthy. We come because you loved us first. So we pray this morning that as we open your word, you would speak to each of us in the way that only you can, that you would help us see more about your beautiful plan. Lead us. May your spirit be our teacher. Guide us. May we follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. In case you don't know me, my name is Ron Sargent. I'm a member of the pastoral team, which consists of one baby boomer and two Gen Zs. And I'm also a member of the soul care team here at Hollis Center Church. I have a great mixture in my heart this morning of sorrow on behalf of the death of our dear Ruth McKay. Also in that mixture is excitement to be able to speak to each of you from God's word this morning, and also a fear that I'm sure every uh, person who's ever stood in this thing that we call a pulpit, of getting it right, of saying the right things, of speaking to people from all walks of life. When Steve and David asked me if I would be willing to preach, I said yes, thinking that, oh, I could probably preach about Romans chapter 8 or Ephesians chapter 4, but in God's plan, I'm speaking on Acts chapter 11. So each week we have the slide up here that simply says Acts. Witnesses to the end. This slide reminds us in the briefest of summaries what Acts is all about. Pastor David has reminded us more than once that Acts is a highlight reel of the first few decades of the Christian church. The book of Acts covers the time period between about 33 AD and 67 AD, some 35 years. And perhaps the key verse in Acts is chapter 1 and verse 8, where it says, You will be my witnesses. You will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So that's as followers of Jesus Christ, that's what we are. We're witnesses. Witnesses are asked to require what they saw and what they heard and what happened to them. Witnesses are not required 
to tell the whole story. The judge only wants to hear what you saw, what you heard, what happened to you. I find that to be helpful that I don't have to tell the whole story. In this series of sermons that we've been going through since uh, early January, we've been reminded that about God's love. God's love runs to the rejected. God's love runs to the foreigner, to the worst of us, to the hopeless. Today in this passage in Acts chapter 11, we're going to see that God's love runs to the unwanted. So we're calling this sermon, Good News for the Unwanted. And it will be in Acts chapter 11, 1 through 18. So whether it be in the first century or the 21st century, there are always, there always has been the unwanted. But. I love to think about that word, but. When it's God who says, but, it's always a good thing. When it's you and I that say, but, we're usually trying to get ready to dismiss something or make an excuse for something, but God buts are good. So the theme for this message today will be, it has always been God's plan that all kinds of people would be welcomed into his family. What this means is that God has an eternal plan, a set plan, and that that plan has always included people from every group, every nation, every kind of person, all walks of life. This plan that God has always had does not fit our pea-sized brain. We're fallen. We're weak. We have our own preferences and our own plans. So this eternal plan that God has will include in his family people that you and I might never include to our shame. If we're honest, there are people who I would never invite to church. You would never invite to church. There are people that you and I might think could never be part of God's family. But it's always been that people of all kinds would be part of his plan. So as we open our Bibles, if you have one electronic printed or just read from up here with me, I'm I'm titling the first three verses, You Did What? Let's read these together. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them? Peter had traveled from Joppa to Caesarea, at the request of Cornelius and at the command of God. 
He had shared the good news with the Gentiles, and they became saved. These new Christians asked him to stay for a little while. So he stayed a few days, according to chapter 10 and verse 48. Some of those who had traveled with Peter would have gone back to Jerusalem, to Judea. So those in Judea heard about what had happened in Caesarea. Verse 1 tells us that the Gentiles had received the word of God. They heard the good news, and they believed, and they received it. Just as in John chapter 1, the Apostle John writes that those who believe and receive the good news become children of God. So in verse 2, by the time Peter arrived in Jerusalem, the circumcision party jumped on him, saying, you did what? Well, they actually said, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. The circumcised party were the Jewish Christians among the leaders of the church. In the, these early days of the church, there was great tension between those who had been Jews all their lives and they had a system and they followed God. And now, since Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, others have come into the church and everyone comes to church with baggage. Eh? So they had disagreements over how the church would work and who would be able to be in the church and all of that. And carrying some of their We've always done it this way, baggage. The Jewish Christian leaders didn't understand that God was doing a thing among the Gentiles as well. But, God, but, it has always been God's plan that all kinds of people would be welcome to his family. So that brings us to part two. If part one it was, you did what? Part two would be the witnesses. So let's read together, beginning in verse four. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. See, Peter was the first witness. He was there. He saw what Steve shared with us last week from chapter 10, and what Peter describes again here in chapter 11, so I kind of got to take some of Steve's material and think about what, what that message was. See, Peter saw something like a great sheep being let down. He saw the animals and the birds of prey and the reptiles and the birds, and then 
Peter had a moment of doubt, much like we do from time to time. Now in verses 7 and 8, Peter says, I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Not only did Peter see, but he heard also. He heard a voice telling him to kill and eat. And at this moment of doubt, he said something like, No way, Lord, I've never done it that way. So we come to verses 9 through 11. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. And all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were, sent to me from Caesarea, just as Steve had shared with us last week. God, being the patient God that he is, helped Peter get it and get with the program by repeating the lesson a couple more times. So Peter continues to testify to the circumcision party his experience. He repeats how three men sent by Cornelius led him to Caesarea as the Holy Spirit instructed him. And that takes us to verses 12 and 13. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. More witnesses. These second, I'm sorry, these six brothers also accompanied me. And we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will deliver to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. So this group of six men who were with Peter were witnesses also. Cornelius and his household had been told that there was a man who would tell him how to be saved. Kind of reminds us of Acts 16. What must I do to be saved? There is a plan to be saved for those who will hear it because it has always been God's plan that all kinds of people would be welcomed into his family. So we come to part three here, verses 15 to 18. I'm calling it, Don't Stand in God's Way. This is one of those moments when Peter gets it right about standing in God's way. Let's read together again. Verse 15. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as it did on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. So this third and perhaps the greatest witness is the Holy Spirit. What he did, what happened that day. Peter says that the Holy Spirit fell on these Gentiles, the ones who were not wanted, in the same way that it happened to all the others on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Peter had become convinced that if God was doing this thing, who was I to stand in his way? Then all, including the circumcision party that said, you did what? They fell silent. They glorified God, acknowledging that God's love runs to the unwanted. It has always been God's plan that all kinds of people would be welcomed to his family. Jesus said, and Peter was present, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Jesus gave us his blueprint for building his church. the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, And Jesus came and said to them, the disciples who gathered there after his resurrection, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. In Mark 1.17, as well as Matthew 4.19, Jesus, as he was gathering disciples to begin this building of his church, he said, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. But we don't like all different kinds of fish. There are fish out there that we don't want to have anything to do with. Somebody sitting here might say, Sorry, David, I don't even like fish. but it has always been God's plan that all different kinds of fish would be welcomed into his family. So some of you are aware that there is such a thing as the brown bag, and it's been, it's, it's been beautifully uh, replicated in recent sermons over here. Someone has said that... that uh, Imitation is the highest form of flattery. I like that. So, I have some gifts for you, if you want them. So, 
You better be quick about it because I'm going to be quick about it. All right, so who likes Swedish fish? I saw it right there. Swedish fish gone. Woo. Uh, I better get in the middle here. Who likes tuna fish? Sorry, Ken. This one might be yours. Who likes sardines? So, Wendy was being a little less than discerning when she picked out the sardines because those have mustard in them. Uh, here's a good one here. And you have to be under 20 to raise your hand on this one. But you're going to have one more chance. Who likes goldfish? See, these guys like all different kinds of fish, don't they? Okay. I was going to get some gefilte fish, but I was afraid that, that nobody would choose that. So who likes salmon? <laughs> All right, what's the point? So it has always been God's plan that in his family would be all kinds of fish, right? I'm going to pray and the singers and musicians can come up. I'm going to pray for each of us. Heavenly Father, you know that this message was for me. You know that this message was for each of us. We praise you and thank you for the message of salvation. That anyone and everyone who would put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ would give up their own life for his eternal life is welcomed into your family. In your family, you want all different kinds of people Democrats, Republicans, Independents. You want people with a troubled past. You want people who have struggled with substance abuse. You want people who have struggled with wicked sexual behaviors. You want people who are rich and poor. You want people who are unwanted by other people, even in the church. Lord, help us. It has always been your plan that all kinds of people would be welcomed into your family. Lord, teach us, lead us, guide us, direct us, empower us 
for your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen.